Everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Only five and a half months until Halloween. I mean, we're over the hill. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're past the halfway mark, uh, you know. Caitlin, how is it going? I mean, it couldn't be better, Adam. How are you? I am fantastic. You're fantastic. That's, I mean, that's about all we can ask for, frankly. Uh, by the time people hear this, I will have seen the new Saw movie in theaters. Very excited oh, about that. I can't wait to go to a movie. Getting, I'm so excited. Getting back out to the moves. This will be my oh. second movie. Hopefully this one is good because In the Earth oh. was not good. Oh, I liked In the Earth. Oh, what are we talking about this week, Caitlin? Just a super happy topic about a gentleman who went by the Angel of Death. It's quite a nickname. It's quite a nickname. I want to talk about the origin of nicknames uh, at some point. We're going to get to that fairly close to the top of this episode, but we're going to do something a little different. We're not going to start at the beginning necessarily. We're going to start at, we're going to do kind of a Scorsese thing. Going to Tarantino it. Yeah, we're going to Tarantino it. We're going to start this story in 1987, Adam. Ah, good year for me. Yeah, really? Tell me. Actually, no, my family was really poor and uh but i just have good pop culture memories from 1987 i guess stuff like the predator was coming out Mm. debbie gibson was tearing it up on the airwaves man and in malls in malls tiffany i think we're alone now oh i wish tiffany it'd be a crime at the time but still by the way check out the pretty scary review of i think we're alone now (laughs) oh my god Did we do that for pretty? We did that for Doc Jams, right? Oh, no, we did it for Doc Jams. We do need to bring that show back. I would love to do another season of Doc Jams because there's always documentaries I want to talk about. Like really solid ones. And I feel like we knocked it out of the park with the first Doc Jams season. Oh, we did. Well, here's the thing. We're great. Oh, right. Good point. We are great. That explains it in case you were wondering. We are great. Um, Speaking of great, back to 1987. Right. Right. Nice segue. So in 1987, the body of John Powell came to the Hamilton County coroner's office. Powell had been in a motorcycle accident, Adam, and it was believed that he had died of his injuries. Still, because of protocol, the hospital sent him his body into the coroner's office for an autopsy. This is just their kind of standard operating. (laughs) Too Too bad Kurt Cobain wasn't murdered in Hamilton County. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. County by county, there are different. Oh, yeah. Like we're it's bizarre. Anyway, yeah, in, in um, Seattle at the time, if there was a suicide, the the beat cop could be like, yeah, it's a suicide. You don't need to investigate. And that's what happened with Kurt Cobain. They never even like looked into maybe something else happening. Anyway, go on. I don't want to uh, derail poor Kurt. things. Poor Kurt. Here's the thing, though. When uh, the body of Powell was wheeled into that coroner's office, it was kind of a moment of fate, Adam, because the guy, the coroner who was in there, went by the name of Dr. Lee Lehman, okay? Mm -hmm. And he conducted an autopsy on Powell's body, and he had a special ability, something that not all of us can do. He had the ability to smell cyanide. It's a very, very small portion of the population that has the ability to smell it, apparently, 
according to people that can smell it, it smells like burnt almonds. Yeah, I have because it's it's made from almonds, right? Cyanide. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so what's interesting about this is this guy was doing the, a, re- a routine body stomach cavity search. He smells cyanide and immediately realizes that this quote unquote motorcycle victim had actually been poisoned, which was Whoa. strange. Really weird because how do you get poisoned while you're riding a motorcycle? Yeah, who do, how do you poison someone who's riding away on a motorcycle? That's Russia well, shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pull up and hit him with a dart in the neck. Was there a dart in his neck? Did they check for that? Okay, I checked the coroner's report. There was no dart mm. in the neck. Okay. Uh, but they did realize that the only way this man could have been administered cyanide was during his hospital stay. And this led investigators down a winding and bizarre path to a man named Donald Harvey, a prolific serial killer and self-fashioned occultist who had killed dozens and dozens of people while working as a nurse or a medical assistant at various hospitals. It's not what you're supposed to do as a nurse. I'm just going to put it out there on Front Street right now. Well, I mean, you know, it's 2021. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. So yeah, I'm, not I'm not trying gonna, to kink shame this guy. I'm just saying. I'm not going to stop you from saying that. Yeah. Um, you know. So Donald Harvey is known as one of the most prolific serial killers, American serial killers of all time, because we all know Russia has us beat by literally hundreds in some cases. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Russia's wild. So Donnie claims to have killed up to 87 people, which is more than 11. That is slightly. You could have just said more than 11. I know, but I just, you know. People would have figured Uh, it out. Investigators think the real number is somewhere between 36 and 57 people, which is is a simultaneously specific and broad estimation. Yeah, that's a that's a big (laughs) window. I don't. So this number was gathered by various different confessions that Donald gave over the years. It's kind of it's kind of window you get when you're waiting on the cable guy to show up. Am I right? 1987. Come on. Hey, hey, hey. no one has cable anymore. Man, I hate airline food. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, what's oh. with all this traffic? I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Uh, so the angel of death nickname is one he gave himself. Mm, I don't Adam. agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Because let's talk about nicknames. You do not give yourself a nickname. Well, correct? as a serial killer, I think protocol is to give the police a few different possibilities to work with and let them pick because the police and the media are going to usually nail it. Like the son of Sam documentary, one of his first letters, he's got like 15 aliases picked and they don't even pick one of those. They call him the son of Sam because of something that was up in the letter. Yeah. But you don't just pick your own. That's weird. That's serial killer shit. What bothers me is that everybody kind of went with it. You know what I'm saying? Like what the F? Yeah. Anyway, they they should have been like, no, you're the asshole of death. How do you like that? Yeah, you're the douchebag of death. Also, even though he killed this many people, should there be an asterisk next to his prolificness record? Because he's working with a real captive audience here. Like that dude, well, that dude in Russia was staging car accidents to get people to to lure people in. Like this guy's just the, fucking he, doing nothing. I mean, this is literally the equivalent of shooting fish in a barrel as a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I don't, I, I mean, this is why it's important to unpack stats. Okay. It's like, like it's like when Ricky Gervais did that round table of comedians all talking yep. about stand up. This totally. guy would be the Ricky Gervais at that table. It's like, what are yep. you doing here? You're not a real. I don't killer. get it. Oh. So yeah, he's basically shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. Like th- this, this makes no sense. 
Like, I mean, it I, makes it, sense. It's it's like a, a pedophile becoming a priest. Like, you go where the <laughs> action really, is. Well, it's funny. It, we're going to get to that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, though. OK, now we're, we're, we're on him for his access and his motivation. OK, that's and those I feel like are, are apt criticisms. With that being said, I don't want to take away from all the different ways he managed to kill people while he was working in the hospital. This is impressive. He used arsenic, cyanide, insulin, suffocation, miscellaneous poisons. Oh, sure. Morphine, turning off the ventilator, administration of fluid tainted with hepatitis B and or HIV, which resulted in hepatitis infections and HIV's infections, but no death. So he gave a couple people AIDS and where, hepatitis. Where'd he get the HIV? Uh, some people are, I think he was using tainted drugs. I, I don't know. The old needles. That shit really was everywhere in the eighties. Holy shit. He got I it know. at Walmart. It was everywhere in the eighties. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, it was. Also insertion of a coat hanger into a catheter causing an abdominal puncture. Oh, I have to find a new favorite band now. <sighs> coat hangers are my favorite band. Got, yeah. Got it. It's good. It's a Thank good you. joke. I yeah. think the Thank joke you. is yeah, very it wasn't bad. Very solid. I mean, I've done worse. So with that said, cyanide and arsenic were his favorite methods. So I guess that's good to know because it was simple to inject with an IV. But it is smart of him to to mix up mix up his methods because that's that's one of the ways you build a profile on a serial killer is you figure out what his MO is and how yeah. he conducts his crimes. And this guy's really shaking it up. He's disrupting the industry. And I mean that actually That's- put some positive points back in his column for me because like the son of Sam, <laughs> who I already brought up, they were just shooting people. Sorry, he was just shooting people. <laughs> and uh, I always thought that was kind of boring. Like even though it was very random, which adds a touch of flair and excitement to it, still still kind of boring in terms of method. Well, the thing is, is son of Sam What's his name? Why can't why can't I think of his name? David Berkowitz. Berkowitz. I was like, it's not Horowitz. It's Berkowitz. Berkowitz is a weenie. Okay, like he's just a flat out weenie. He. I mean, there are serial killers that get all up in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shooting someone is not doing that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with the DC snipers. But the DC snipers that they kept cutting it. I was done with them when they cut into an NFL playoff game to report another DC sniper shooting. And then I was like, really? They've, they've gone too far. Well, and also this, okay, to me, sniping, that's some effort. You got to pick a perch. You got a plan. Just walking up and shooting people the way the, the victims of Son of Sam were killed, like on the doorstep of their house, in their car. It's not that it's not the same. I feel like serial killing implies preparation on some, I mean, it does (laughs) like literally, um, which by the way, Donnie did have a very specific plan when he selected people we're going to get into here in a minute. Um, but let's go back to the beginning. Okay. He was born. Yeah. He was born in Ohio in 1952. And not long after that, his parents relocated to Boonville, Kentucky, a small not a real place. I there's a couple places that also don't sound like places in this guy's life. Um, he was nestled away. It says in the eastern slopes of the Appalachian Mountains, which no thanks. I don't. Yeah, that sounds more romantic than it is. It's the the heart of darkness in, in yeah, the United yeah. States. <laughs> it's, 
bad times. That's, that's all the bad times all joined together in a mountain range. It's really, really scary. So by all accounts, he was a good, quiet kid. His poor mother was quoted in an interview after his arrest by saying, my son has always been a good boy. There was also a quote from his sister that said, every time I see that he's been charged with murder, my heart sinks because it's my brother, which I don't know. There just seems to be kind of like an out to lunch tone with this family. Like there's no... I'm sorry for the pain and suffering my son has caused. It's just like, well, he seemed nice to me. I don't know. Yeah. Any, um, anytime you hear that, it's like, okay, but clearly he wasn't a good boy because uh, no. he grew up to be a murderer. So yeah, something you, was going on. You there. just missed um, all the murderer shit happening when he was a kid. Yeah. His classmates. I mean, cause you know, this is the, this is the eighties when his case really broke. And I feel like at the time, the, favorite thing for investigative reporters to do is to go out and like interview high school acquaintances of these serial killers. Yeah, because that's where you're going to always... get the choice quotes. <laughs> but frankly, what they said was that nobody really knew him. Um, he used to like eat lunch with the teachers and was alone a lot. Uh, and he was a really smart kid. He got mostly A's and B's, but also dropped out of school towards the end of his high school career and got a job at a local factory. Now, in his trial, his defense attorney, William Wayland, later said that Donald claimed that he had been molested and abused at some point. And he was also ostracized by his classmates for being gay. Now, this kind of defense always bothers me in the face of these kinds of actions, because there are countless of countless people who are sexual and physical abuse survivors and bullying survivors that don't kill somewhere between 35 and 80 people in their hospital beds. Yeah, it's it's one thing if you kill your abuser. Right. Then I I can 100% sympathize and I feel like you shouldn't. Be, like I'm not even sure the Menendez brothers should still be in prison. Like there was some crazy shit happening in that house, but that's that very Daddy different. Men- Daddy Menendez yeah. was Daddy Menendez was a big big problem. Yeah, he but, and not just for the Menendez brothers by the way. Yeah. Like that guy was a prolific creep. Yeah. But something like this, you had a rough childhood, so now you have to kill everyone's grandma and grandpa. Fuck you. Also, though, I have to say that his defense lawyer (laughs) was a defense lawyer only by title because this guy is clearly not on Donald's team at all. It gets very obvious later, but um, he's also it's kind of indefensible. Like there's nothing once you get to prison and you're like, yeah, I've killed like 56 people. I think maybe it was 37. And then (laughs) like what's your lawyer going to do? Yeah. So. Anyway, in 1970, Donnie gets laid off from the factory and his mother asked him to fly to London. Whoa, hello, Ken- governor. Kentucky. Hey there, governor. <laughs> and visit his... This is- Let's kidnap the governor over these mask mandates. <laughs> I don't know if it's okay to say that this is my favorite part of Donald's story, but it <laughs> is my favorite part of Donald's story because it's like the most American horror story portion of all of this. So he... He flies to London, Kentucky to visit his ailing grandpa, who's in a hospital called Marymount Hospital. And for whatever reason, Donald Harvey is the prom queen at this hospital. Every <laughs> single nun loves this guy, loves this guy. He he blossoms in this medical clinical environment. Weird. Really, really weird. I've never and, been anything but weirded out by hospitals as much as I would love to check in to one for a couple of weeks and just 
chill. Just fix yourself in every way possible. Just lay in bed and watch TV and have people bring me food. Let me tell you, when I make my crazy amounts of money, I'm going to like those like Swiss med spa places for two weeks that just inject you with everything your body needs and you get hydrated and you work out. 100% leaves you alone. Um, he makes such an impression that one of the nuns offers him a job as an orderly, which I guess in the seventies, you could just, just get a job I, like I, that. I, uh, when I read the notes, I, I had a thought on this <laughs> hospital jobs are shockingly easy to get. And they, yeah, here is an example. I applied for a job at a hospital in South Dakota. It was, I planned on it being a full-time job because it seems like you'd make decent coin at a hospital mm-hmm. and the nope. job they interviewed me for. Tell me if this seems important. I would have been <laughs> monitoring all of the heart monitors on the floor and letting the doctors know if anything looked weird. And for that, I was going to be paid seven dollars an hour i was like what like you don't want to give people a little more money when they got lives in their hands that's so stressful i'm not surprised i I would love to pretend to be surprised but i'm not but anyway he becomes an orderly at this same hospital that his grandfather eventually i'm assuming passed away and and i don't know if he had anything to do with it but yeah yeah, that was going to be my next question did he maybe kill grandpa i couldn't find anything on that but I doubt anybody connected to this story would be in the least surprised if he had been connected to, you know, because he does, I'll get into this too. I mean, he, he does, he did harm people in his life too. I mean, not, not his direct relatives, but people he was very connected to. So, so it's very weird. Nobody really knows what it is about being in this hospital setting that makes Donald just kind of snap. The speculation is that because he's in charge of these weak and helpless people, he feels powerful for the first time, I guess, in his life. Could be. That, that feels like an editorial. I think it's like where there's smoke, there's murder. My guess he's probably been hurting small animals and other people in different ways for a long period of time. Yeah. And when you get someone who's got like this guy's clearly got some mental health issues on top of his victimization, but in that instance, I can see him like the the type of bullying and molestation that he talks about. That's the kind that happens when you're in a group that is just much more powerful than you and they can kind of do whatever they want. And in this situation, it's exactly the opposite. He's the one guy that can do whatever he wants to this group. So he probably yeah. feels kind of justified into it. Like he's getting his aggression out. He's probably like, I'm sure they were parents to some assholes. I'll kill them who knows yeah i I, uh, anyway um regardless uh this is the hospital where don donnie donald donnie boy uh, says he committed his first murder um a stroke victim apparently had somehow smeared poop on his face and he snapped and smothered this guy he also went on to smother more people, hook up people to empty oxygen tanks, impale a patient. Can we pause? I, I'm sorry. This is a very unimportant question, but he smeared poop on whose face? On Donnie's Don- or on his own? On, on Donnie's face. <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah, that's poop on your face, Don. <laughs> but I guess that was the that was the final straw. But this also apparently is the is the the location, the scene of the coat hanger catheter thing. Um, you know, initially I'm reading this and I was thinking to myself, like, I don't understand. Oh, by the way, he killed like 13 people. They, it's assumed that he killed up to 13 people at this hospital. Caitlin, that's a lot. Yep. That's one more than a dozen. 
Mm-hmm. It's more you than know? 11. It's more than 11. The most staggering stat we've ever, we've ever cited on this show. Um, anyway, <laughs> good old line ran. So, and I was thinking to myself, I just genuinely don't understand how 13 people dying in these weird ways just goes undetected. But in a 2003 interview with CBS, Donald said most of the doctors would be so overworked, so busy that a patient could die and a family doctor would not come in and pronounce the person dead. They just have a resident do that. So they'd pronounce somebody dead and send them straight to a funeral home. Fun. Yeah. So that's neat. Um, By the way, Donald only worked at that hospital for 10 months. He killed 13 people in 10 months. Did he just kill one each payday? Like what was going on? Here's the frustrating part. So uh, on March 3rd of that year, Donald was arrested for burglary and he was really, really, really drunk when he got arrested. And in the questioning, he actually starts babbling on to police officers that he killed a bunch of people while he was working at the hospital. But there is no evidence to back up his claims. And so all they do is charge him with a a reduced charge of burglary, give him a $50 fine. And the judge recommends that he gets psychiatric treatment for his, quote, troubled condition. But guess what he does? What's he do, Caitlin? He joins the Air Force. Well, that usually fixes a person's life, doesn't it? It, it's frustrating because it's like you have people like with hard evidence that this guy is admitting to committing murder and nothing like nothing is done. And he joined, he's able to join the air force that he was able to even join the air force is pretty surprising. If he was already well, having mental issues, it didn't last long, Adam. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he was prematurely discharged in 1972 on unspecified grounds. Hmm. A gay guy, which we haven't gotten to yet, but he's gay in the Air Force with weird tendencies. I can't imagine how that happened. Can't imagine. Okay, so Donald goes back home to Kentucky and he does not have a good time at home. Okay, now I don't think anybody in Kentucky has a good time doing anything, but Mm. he was really having a rough time which I don't care about because he killed 12 people, but he was admitted twice to the Veterans Administration Medical Center in Lexington, where he was the recipient of 21 electroshock therapy treatments. That is several. That's a lot of electroshock therapy treatments. More more than 11. Uh, Again, though, he killed 12 people. I don't care. I'm moving on. (laughs) There's tiny violins. I just don't care. But then from... 1975 to 1985, for 10 years, he's working at the Cincinnati VA Medical Center, where he, as one article put it, killed 15 patients on the side. On the side, on the side with what? His skyline chili? I don't know what that meant, but I had to put it in because it made me laugh. Is that what he used to kill the people? Well, they they make it sound like his murdering was like moonlighting. Like, I don't understand. Um, As opposed to a professional full-time serial killer. Of course. Sponsors and whatnot. Yeah. One nurse that that Donald had worked with remembered after a patient died, Harvey looked at her and said, I got rid of that one for you. She report that to anyone or just wait until the media asked? Well, no, because apparently all of his colleagues had nicknamed him the kiss of death Mm. because they all joked about the number of patients who died while Donald was on duty. But I guess he liked Angel of Death better, and that was what he put out there. But can you, I mean, it's like, so, okay, I just, I want to go back to the numbers here, because 
Remember, yeah, Kiss you of Death tr- isn't a good nickname, but go on. Yeah, it's not. It's not even a good band name. So um, I think, again, this number 15 of it's killed, quote, on the side, I think this is uh, confirmed. I think he probably killed more people in this 10-year period, which is why we have such a weird fluctuation of somewhere between 35, 57, and 84, whatever. So, but it stands to reason to me that he probably killed more people. Also during this time, he tried to kill his neighbor using something called hepatitis serum. This guy's got a lot of fucking time on his hands. Well, he kept a very precise diary, Adam, of all of his crimes. He took notes on each victim, detailing how he murdered them, and also studied medical journals for concealing his crimes. Oh, that's a classic move. Like if you're if you're planning to be a serial killer and you don't go by like a forensics book, you're you're just you're dumb. You got to study up first. It's funny you say that because one of his books is cited in this next little chapter of his life. Adam Donnie gets sloppy in July of 1985. Mm. Okay, he's caught leaving work. So let's just I just want to emphasize this. He's leaving his hospital job holding a satchel containing a 38 caliber pistol hypodermic needles surgical scissors and gloves a cocaine spoon and a, a book of occult lore two books of occult lore and a biography of the serial killer charles i never say this sombrage sobrage sobrage charles sobrage this guy only killed 12 western tourists in southeast asia in the 70s mm. Yeah. yeah, I feel o- like only he, 12. he could have got away with most of that in his bag, except the cocaine spoon looks bad when there's a burnt spoon and the gun. I think I was also. Gonna, yeah, the gun yeah, is here's the thing, Adam, you can't bring a gun to a hospital. No, no, no. OK, uh, you also shouldn't get caught while you're carrying it out, which is what happened with him, because if you do, you're going to get fired and once again, find fifty dollars. That's not, I mean, I guess in the 70s or 80s, that was a lot of money, but no, still not a lot of money. That's what video games cost in the like late 80s. Yeah. So far, the only retribution this guy has faced is he's out a hundred bucks on two separate weird (laughs) fines. Like that's it. That's what's wild. I just don't want you to worry though, because seven months later, he gets another job at Cincinnati Drake Memorial Hospital. And once again, working up to a full-time position. Do these people not talk to each other at all? I don't. Apparently not in the 70s and 80s. I don't know. He killed 23 or more people at this hospital in the 10 months he worked here. He's it's like he's testing himself. Like how many people can I kill in 10 months at each place? That's why I think in that 10 year period, he must have killed way more people than what is actually attributed to him. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, you know. I, but one thing I want to get to, because I know what you're thinking of right now, can which I, is, you know, yeah. can I ask you a question before we move on? I haven't, yeah. I haven't read the notes. I never prepare for Ever. this. I always no. do it completely off the top of my head. Caitlin, what was it like to live with this guy? I am so happy you asked because I can answer. Oh, um, fantastic. Fantastic. Go on. Yeah. I'm all ears. So I guess another portion of his life on the side <laughs> Uh, he killed a dog in his apartment building, which is clearly the worst thing he's done. Right. Can we yeah. agree? Yeah, I'm I'm glad this guy got abused. As a, no, I'm not. I, <laughs> that's the part we're not happy about, but I don't attribute any of this to that. It just makes no sense. I feel like now, okay, let me say this. Head trauma definitely has a lot of connection to serial killers and this shit. Yeah. So if he... 
anyway, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. That's not this episode. I'm moving on. You guys all get what I'm saying. I don't feel sorry for this guy. So, so he kills his neighbor's dog, which is not cool. And as far as what his days were like, his lawyer told him that he would place a skull, which where'd he get that? Beside a burning candle, read a list of names out loud and look into the flames flicker to determine who would die. So I don't know. That's a whole process. I don't know if that's like a morning thing or a night thing for him or what, but. um, What scent do you think that candle was? Like a fresh laundry? I like a fresh laundry candle. No, he's trash. So this is going to be something like. Is it a trash candle? Maybe it smells like trash. (laughs) Yeah, the Yankee trash candle. Yeah, yeah, Yankee trash totally. candle. Yankee trash, totally. Although he was from Kentucky, so I'm sure he yelled Yankee trash a bunch. Probably. Um, in an interview, he once was said to have been quoted as, what a great sentence, Caitlin. I have had help from somewhere. Hmm. And, you know, if you count the incompetency of the U.S. medical system, then, yeah, he really did have a lot of help. But yeah. um, I, he did seem to think that he was in dialogue with something uh, else other than just himself. I don't know. Yeah. This guy should not have been working in hospitals. He should have been in one. Well, he shouldn't have been working in hospitals. And it's also really shocking to me that he was not single. Okay. He had several long-term relationships and being in a relationship with Donald was not fun. Okay. And And the incels explode. Honestly, yeah, this this does. They broke the mold when 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 Donald became part of this planet story. Um, He dated two guys, two great loves. Doug Hill was one. Uh, He tried to poison Doug with arsenic. However, I couldn't find more details on that relationship, but I'm assuming that's why it ended. I would hope. But the other thing is, like, how did he not get caught? I, I, I don't know if this Doug guy didn't know why he was sick. It's arsenic is weird, though. I will. I mean, I I've. I've looked into lots of cases where poisoning arsenic is, is, is one of these things. And it does just look like your system is shutting down. They, yeah. It's very hard to detect arsenic. So um, also he had a live-in lover named Carl. What do you think that is? Ho Weller. Ho Weller. It, 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 when a- I first read Caitlin, it. It's H-O-E at the beginning. It, so yeah, it's it is Ho. Ho Weller. Because otherwise it would be Howler if it was. And that doesn't make sense. And it's got to be Ho Weller. No yeah, it's. Here's the thing, guys. Carl Ho Alert. We type all this stuff out, but we're not saying it out loud when we're typing. So I just want to just to defend myself a little bit here. Sometimes I get caught with names and I'm like, shit, I didn't look that pronunciation yeah. up. If you want which, us to do NPR type pronunciation work, you're going to have to give us NPR money someday. Yeah. Yeah. Till Thank you, then, Adam, I appreciate that. Till then you're getting what you're getting. And and let me say this, Carl Holer. They were in a real, real relationship because Donnie not only poisoned Carl at one point, uh, he poisoned Carl's parents and killed his mom. Jesus. He also practiced poisoning different things on Holer. And after an argument specifically gave him a dose of something and thrived on the ability to bring him back to health, which is I just it's that's a lot. Yeah, that's just that's a lot to me. Hi, we're Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We have a podcast. I don't know how we got it. Well, we're comedians. We stopped getting actual stage time, so we turned to the internet. We Um, have a lot of questions about health. We talk about what we want to know more about, and then we ask our fans to tell us if we're right. And we're very rarely right. We're never right. We've been learning a lot through Google. Our first episode is about Maria having misophonia, to me discussing dyslexia, stuff that people feel like they know a little bit about and want to know more about, to us discovering stuff neither of us 
us knew much about like ASMR. My mom's on the show. My mom is a veterinarian. I'm pretty sure she's gonna replace us at some point. We are on the Unpops Network. They saw our potential and was like, we think someday you guys will actually have value. <laughs> Which is an unpopular opinion. <laughs> Two non-doctors, don't, don't listen, listen to us. <laughs> Seriously guys, we don't know what we're talking about. And now we find ourselves back at John Powell's case in 1987. So Donald Harvey was arrested pretty much immediately because they checked the records and they were like, well, this is the only person that's been attending to him. So that is what it is. He was initially arrested. He confessed to that murder and held on bond for $200,000 and file and and pled guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. So Mm. he's like, ah, yeah, I did it. I'm crazy. But news breaks and this retired investigative journalist pat man menarson menart it's either menarchin or menarson yeah let's say menarson should we say menarson i like that it ends in arson sure great love it pat gets to thinking Mm. so what if powell is not donald's first victim which of course we as the as the audience know that this is not the case but they don't know that. So what he what Pat does is he ends up digging and getting in touch with over 12 nurses that have worked with our Donnie over a period of time. Over 12? Over 12. Mm, I don't even I don't want to know how many it is. OK. Um, I bet they it's 14, all, though. They basically deliver Pat files and files of information on an unreasonable amount of people who have died under the care of of, of Don. And Pat calls, this is, this is another favorite part. Pat calls Donald's defense attorney and is like, Hey, uh, I think your client has killed more than one person. The defense attorney calls Donald and is like, Hey, have you killed more than one person? And Donald's like, yep. (laughs) No one thought to ask him that before. And they head into a 12 hour interview where Donald basically admits to murdering, murdering dozens and dozens of people. Oh, and by the way, in his confession, Donald mentions that Mr. Powell, the case he got caught for Uh one of two people he killed that day. This guy gets a lot of, a lot of stuff done. Yep. So yeah, in this 12 hour interview, uh, Harvey calmly admits to killing dozens and dozens and dozens of people while he was on the clock. Uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that was the on the side comment. And it's like, Hey man, you're double dipping. You can't, you shouldn't be paid to, to be a hobbyist. Yeah. I mean, is, was he good at his job though? Like the people he didn't kill, how, how did they, I haven't did they, any, any of them appear as character witnesses? Like, Hey, he didn't kill me. I don't know why that guy sounds like that. Hey, Hey, look, He's up, I know, from, up from West Virginia. I know Donnie's a little weird, okay? I yeah. know he comes off a little strange. He's a little harsh. I can only speak with my experience, but I think the man was nothing but an angel to me, okay? So what What do you want me to say? I don't know. Fix my car. Go, Fix go my questions. Car. Fix my car. He brought lasagna to my mother. Uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. You know, no homo, but he's a good guy. <laughs> oh, Donnie. Oh, Donnie. Okay. So I included, if we want to put in the notes, the really long list of people that he killed. Uh, So if you guys are curious about the details, go for it. Uh, It's it's It's, stomach turning. It's lengthy. It's a lot of people. There's like and it's all divided into like institutions that he may have killed people at and presumed murders. It's very interesting. I like how it says real criminal above his picture. Do they have also like, like his Hannibal Lecter on this website too? 
this is a weird website. The, 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 the fandom. Yeah. First of all, fandom. Yeah. I guess the way it works with this site is that it's connected to that show criminal minds. And so criminal minds, the show has like loosely profiled mm. serial kill. I don't know. I never watched the show. Oh yeah. So you're right. Criminal minds. Fan. Come what? This is weird. Very weird. Is there like a robust criminal minds fan base? I would assume if there is, they're all like in their sixties. Yeah. They're not looking at fandom. No, no. This is very weird. Anyway. So after his confession, several States wanted to make sure that Donald Harvey was prosecuted for what he had done. So first he goes to Ohio where he pled guilty to 24 counts of aggravated murder, four counts of attempted murder, and one count of felonious assault. Hmm. I don't, I don't. Then four days later, a 25th guilty plea earned him a total of four consecutive 20 years to life sentences. In addition to these terms, Harvey was fined. Finally, $270,000. So now he's now he's out $270,100. Yeah, what's what's going to happen if he doesn't pay that fine? Are they going to send him to prison? I it it it, it annoyed me. Is it going <laughs> to is his I mean, the is, 80 cents a week he makes sewing blue jeans together for uh, Gap? I don't get it. I don't get it. Weird. I don't get it. Um, and then in November, he pled guilty and was sentenced to eight life terms plus 20 years in a different state. And then in February of 1988, he entered a guilty plea on three additional Cincinnati homicides, three attempted murders, drawing three life sentences plus three terms of seven to 25 years. So this guy was never getting out of jail. OK, so. Yeah. Here's a question. Do you, yeah. Do you agree with doing all of those trials right up front? Because that's a that's a big drain on resources. Like if one of those trials happens and he's sentenced in a way that he's never going to get out, I could see like keeping everything else on the back burner in case like something falls through with that prosecution. But I don't, I don't know. know if it has to do with the fact that they are trying. First of all, no, I don't agree. I think this is like a horrible waste of civic resources for somebody who yeah. killed that many people. I mean, especially if your first court experience is like, mm, we know you killed like 25 people and you're never getting out of jail. Yeah. What, I don't know what was with the like grand tour of everything that he did. It was a little odd, a little strange. Unless it's like a victim's family thing, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't get it. Like they, they want their justice. Yeah. So throughout the investigation and trial, Harvey claimed trials, I should say, mm-hmm. Harvey claimed that he was doing for people a favor by putting them out of their misery. I felt what I was doing was right. He said, I was putting people out of their misery. I hope if I'm ever sick and full of tubes on a respirator, someone will come and end it for me. But his own defense attorney before he died, Waylon uh, said, look, <laughs> the bottom line is he just liked to kill. Yeah, clearly this, it was this guy's hobby. Yeah. So normally that's the end of our episode, but this has a bonus ending. This has an after credits treat this, mm. this little, this little sitch in March of 2017, Harvey was beaten to death by a fellow inmate in the Toledo correctional institution by the guy that beat him to death was James Elliott. It's a, so, that's a solid beat a guy to death in prison name. That's, that's how I felt. Elliot was serving a 37 year sentence for burglary at the same facility. I do like that, that he got beat yeah. to death by someone who was in for burglary. Like you might get out, sir. Uh, yeah, no, this guy, 
Well, we're going to get, he, he states his reasons. Uh, Elliot said that the murderer, that, that his murder of Donnie was meant to call attention to two things. One, the inadequate prison meal program. I don't know. I don't understand the connection. <laughs> and then also two, he wanted to honor the fact that he had grown up in Kentucky near some of the relatives of Harvey's victims. So he is somehow loosely connected. I mean, but here's the thing. You kill 87 people in a concentrated geographical location. Yeah. You're going to run into somebody. Someone's going to be upset. Yeah. That's why I uh, would never buy a car at like one of those police auctions where they repo them from drug dealers. No. It's like what if no, that no. drug dealer gets out? He's going to see your car and want it back. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad juju. Um, anyway, <laughs> Elliot was quote, Elliot wrote a letter to a publication called The Blade, where he flat out just confessed the whole thing. He said, I figure it would give some closure to some of the family members and give them some peace of mind. I initially attacked Mr. Harvey with facial punches. After the third or fourth punch, he was knocked unconscious, after which I stomped on his head seven to eight times with my foot. Elliot wrote after Harvey was attacked, he was transferred ironically to a nearby hospital where he died two days later. When asked if he was shocked when Elliot heard that Donnie had died, Elliot wrote, no, I was not surprised that he had died from his injuries. I thought he was dead when I left his cell. Hell yeah. Elliot. 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 Uh, Elliot was transferred from the Toledo prison not long after Harvey died. And investigators said at the time, <laughs> They were just not in a hurry to file charges because the suspect was already in prison. Yeah, he's already he's serving his time. I mean, it's prison that's rules. Be, that's got to be one of those people that walks into jail and everyone's like, we all hate him, though, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, that's not. This is the kind of guy like this uh, Harvey guy is the type of person who would be like the guards might even set him up to be murdered because you're right it's in that concentrated area someone yeah. might be like hey man you killed my grandpa just because he smeared shit on your face now you're gonna get stabbed yeah. in the shower for in exchange for a carton of cigarettes and some ramen right and also like i mean one of the other articles that i read said believe it or not there was an investigator said believe it or not it's taking a while to close this case because listen he was in a maximum security kind of deal it's a little strange that this guy was able to be beaten to death in his cell and nobody did anything about it. Yeah. So where have we heard that before? Shawshank Redemption. Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. This, I mean, it's prison justice. It's a yeah. little different. It's a different world. Um, I mean, this guy, I mean, to be honest, like this is, this is a, this is a character on con air. I mean, this is, this is like, yeah, nobody is rooting for this dude. No, no. Uh, and frankly, it's kind of surprising that he lasted as long as he did in prison. Yeah, in my 2017. Opinion. So he was in 30 years. Yeah. Because 87 was when he got arrested, right? Yeah. Jeez, Donnie. Good um, job. Way to survive. Well, way to survive, but not forever. Anyway, Elliot was given a life sentence for murdering the angel of death. Uh, but I think Elliot had already done the math in his head and assumed that he was, I mean, 37 years at his age, I think he was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do somebody a favor. Yeah. I guess. I, that's is the one. He, how old was the, this guy? He was in his forties. Oh yeah. He, he wasn't going to get out. 
I, I mean, and I don't know what kind of burglary. I mean, if you got 37 years for burglary, you were in some serious shit. So I don't know. Yeah, it had to be quite a burglary. Donnie was arrested for burglary and got off for the $50 fine. So, you oh, know. yeah. I wonder what the difference between the two was. Hmm. Just what he wasn't caught for versus what Elliot was caught for. But yeah, that is uh, an overview. And I was actually kind of surprised that I, I didn't know who this guy was. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of him and it's surprising because 87 like i was i was a cognizant young man by then i watched the news well and it has it has satanic panic elements it's yeah. got it's got a body count to not to to sneeze at uh healthy body count a healthy body i will say that i have noticed that when a serial killer has male victims like this and they're gay they usually don't get the airtime yeah. uh, like like there's another one around this time larry eiler that was really brutal really really brutal that i had never heard of until recently yeah um same kind of thing Not- yeah, especially when you're when you're killing a marginalized group also then it really didn't get attention in the 80s like the grim sleeper i think the biggest reason why this case is not what more well known is because of the way it highlights how negligent the medical system was at the time i I think that ultimately that is probably why i didn't know too much about him because that's a lot of people to be intentionally murdered and poisoned like poisoned is like yeah it's a rough way to die probably Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He also just was like flat out unhooking people's oxygen tanks, putting empty oxygen tanks on people's beds. It's just, it's, it's scary that there weren't more checks and balances put in place at the time, at at any time that nobody was like, Hey, this is weird that also his coworkers were like, Oh, if Donnie's taking care of you, you're going to die. Like everybody (laughs) knew so I, I yeah, think at some point cool. you got to step in and ask why you're yeah, going to die. If this, Donnie this person you. is, is a black eye on the medical system more than, more than anything else. Um, well, oh, he's yeah. evil. He's a bad person. Yeah. So I mean, he's, he's got mental issues. He's evil. Uh, and American healthcare sucks. Well, I'm glad we settled that. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, know, it's not Romanian healthcare, but not great. No maggots in this episode. Oh, that we know of. Yeah, I, I get the sense that he was a clean guy, though. He oh, seems like okay. a little bit of a neat freak. I mean, if he didn't get caught for that long, he was probably tidy, yeah, at least. That makes you know? sense. Um, I do want to know where he got his skull, though. Yeah, well, if you're working in hospitals, they have, like, medical cadavers and things, and, like, you can buy a... <laughs> so it's like when you're working you can... in an office, you just, like, you're taking notepads home, he's just taking home skulls and a femur. You know what? FBI be damned. I'm just going to go ahead and Google buy a human skull search $125.41 on Etsy. Mm. Oh, there's a site called skulls unlimited. Oh, oh, Caitlin skulls unlimited. Guess what? Guess what their, guess what their tagline is. Hmm. Uh, now I lost it. (laughs) There's one called the bone room. Yikes. Museum quality. Caitlin, rare selection. Let's go to the bone room and see what they're selling us. Great. Oh, that's not a that's not a real head, is it? Oh, something was. Wrong I don't know with that how guy. to. I, 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 I know I've, this is this isn't a visual medium. I should probably I've, move I've on from the, this. 
here's the thing I'll say. I've been to the catacombs and when you're surrounded by that many skeletons, it does feel fake. I don't know. There is something uncanny about being in front of a human. When there's that many skeleton. around, you should be able to just take one. I had the mo. I had a thought, but, but the way they're all stacked, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a embarrassing moment. Mm-hmm. It's all, all the other skulls are going to fall. And I don't know. I don't want to be haunted by a French ghost either. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if I'm going to be haunted, I just want to be able to communicate. That's all I'm saying. I don't speak French. That's all I'm saying. Also, uh, use code pretty scary boo at checkout to save more than 11% on your order mm-hmm. at boneroom.com. Uh, get yourself a human skull. Use it as a paperweight. I, I would venture to bet a lot of people have ended up on boneroom.com not thinking mm-hmm. that is what they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. This, this looks you know? just like skulls unlimited. It's not <laughs> what I was expecting. Fucking skull. Oh, good times. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, but okay. So if we're talking a hundred, you said 140 now. So adjusted for inflation. That was the one on Etsy, which I don't know if Etsy's allowing actual human skulls, but yeah, it's, you know, I, it can't be that much. No, it's not like they're celebrity skulls. So Donald was out of pocket, $270,146. <laughs> Pretty. Yeah. I think that's, okay. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Okay, that was his all-in investment on killing that many people. What if the guy who killed him got had to foot the rest of the bill after that? I'm like, hey, man, consequences. <sighs> that would be rough. Yeah, that would not you be fair. owe us two hundred and seventy thousand. That would feel icky. So that's that seems like a sewed, right? Oh yeah, we're done. I don't. We, I I, we I feel like it. we we added a nice surprise ending. Uh, yeah, you a know, nobody nice expected, little, no one no one saw that coming. Little the, bonus murder brought to you by BoneRoom.com. Mm-hmm. Save save more than eleven <laughs> percent. The Bone Room. We also have a bar called the Bone Room. Uh, <laughs> the Bone Room. It's not what you think. Yeah, it's, it's Bone Room. Don't come here. Just don't stay away. Don't. It's not what you. It's not what you're bargaining for. Caitlin, what are we talking about on the next Bone Room Con episode of Pretty Scary? Uh, this next episode of Ghost Adventures is. I don't know if Zach was like going through something at the time. It's it's odd. It's odd. There are so many big leaps in logic at this time. Yeah. The, Zach struggles through this episode. And we all do. Yeah, it also, yeah. it, you know, it, it it's it I, mean, I found this episode purely just because it's I mean, I if it isn't clear, I watch Ghost Adventures on my own. Like I just think it's important to bring that yeah. up, but it also just like, I, I watched it because the title of the episode caught my eye and it's, a it's great title Brecken Fern Manor and Tudor house. It's actually Bracken Bracken. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Bracken Fern Manor and Tudor house. If uh, people want to watch it before that episode comes out, it is season 11 episode three according to the Travel Channel website. Which translates to what in Hulu or uh, Discovery Plus? That is season 15, episode three in Discovery Plus years. So <laughs> you can uh, check that episode out before also, uh, we record. I also just think it's important, and I'm not going to reveal it here, but the actual location of a place called Brackenfern Manor and Tudor House is not what you think. This is not an international episode. No, yeah, yeah. We're not going to be in Clemens upon Tyne or whatever. No, Sheepy Parva. Yeah. No, this is somebody was riding a high horse when they named this place. <laughs> and it's really, really, it's weird. They sure were. Yeah. So that's what we'll be talking about 
next week. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? When Our is Patreon. This? Uh, patreon.com slash unpops unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech Caitlin so what do you have to plug uh, I'm still here I, I'm still surviving a global pandemic we're, we're doing it we made we're, it we're making doing it. it yeah I feel like that's not nothing yeah I mean we'll, we'll be able to, to talk about it in history what right. I don't know we sh- <laughs> goodbye everybody yeah goodbye <laughs> we everybody you. we love you <laughs> Oh, my God.